In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me make sure that I'm not double mic'd here. The struggle, the mask, the mics. Okay. Before going to Divinity School, our family would gather on Saturday evenings for a yummy dinner and then a card game called Oh Hell. Have you ever played it? Raise your hand if you know what Oh Hell is. Oh, there's a few of you. That's exciting. It was so fun to play. Often we would get distracted in conversation, and Steve's mama, who was a very serious card player at the time, she would say, are we going to talk? Are we going to play cards? She, we would usually play two games, and the winner would sign the score sheet. Steve was always our scorekeeper, and this was a serious time of cards now. Just kidding, it really wasn't. But winning that first game felt so good. When I was the winner of that first game, you get a little pumped up like, yeah, I got this. And then the second game would come around and your hands might not be as great. And the second game, wah, 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 not very good. We would always call this going from Stella to Sella. Stellar to Seller. Stella to Sella. Our friend Elijah knows what it feels like to go from Stella to Sella. In the chapter right before the reading this morning, we read about a stellar prophet who takes down Baal's prophets in a mighty, mighty way. I can just hear Elijah now, wow, God really worked through me. And then he prays that night, God, it's you and me. We are such a great team. We are on a roll, Lord. We've got this. What a show. Elijah had one of his best days ever. Everyone even cheered for the Lord that night saying, the Lord is a real God. The Lord is a real God. And then you flip the page and you move to chapter 19 and everything changes in an instant. Jezebel is told about all that Elijah had done, and she was mad. She threatens his life. She tells him she's going to kill him. In the blink of an eye, things turned bad for Elijah. Fear took hold of him, and he ran for his life. Elijah went from Stella to Sela. Can you think of a time in your own life where you're on top of the world because of what God has done for you? Things are going really well and you're feeling really close to God. And then suddenly life happens and you are back in that place of uncertainty and fear. I think Elijah does what many of us have wanted to do in our own lives. Take off. Maybe run, even hide. Wouldn't it be great if we could run away and just wait for the hard stuff to go away? And then we could come back when life gets better again? It doesn't happen that way. Elijah walked for an entire day in the desert. An entire day. 
I've never been to the desert, but what I hear is that it's brown and rocky and flanked with dusty mountains. It hardly ever rains and the vegetation is pretty sparse. What's worse is that you might even run into an Arabian leopard or a wolf, or maybe a tortoise or a shrew. We find ourselves this morning in this desert in the great green growing days of Pentecost and the heat of the summer. I mean, it is a scorcher out there. We know what it feels like to look for the smallest bit of shade here in Florida, don't we? Do any of you drive around the parking lot looking for just the right parking space that's going to shade your car while you're going in to shop? I do. Or perhaps when you're out doing the lawn, you catch a small slice of shade to go and stand under for a moment just to cool off. We know what it feels like to be hot, discouraged, and tired. Elijah was hot and discouraged and tired. He found a solitary broom tree to sit under and cry out to God. Elijah's fear gripped him in such a way that he didn't want to live any longer. He cried out to God, God, take away my life. So exhausted, he lay down and fell asleep under the solitary broom tree. The broom tree that Elijah rested under in the Negev was the Ritama Ratam, also known as the white broom and the white weeping broom tree. The broom tree is also thought to be indigenous in the Middle East, North Africa, and maybe even Sicily. Maybe y'all have seen one. I've never been over there, so I haven't. But in Israel, it is widespread in the deserts and the Mediterranean woodlands. Although called a tree, it's actually a shrub with a broad canopy. In Israel, the white broom tree is most beautiful between January and April when it's covered with a myriad of white flowers which smell like honey. At times, seeds remain viable in the soil for several years until the seed coat wears down. Mass germination can occur and after a fire that destroys the seed coats. In Israel, rabbits can consume the little pods and have been known to disperse them for up to 6.2 miles from the parent plant. Now, can you imagine walking in the desert for an entire day? You're hot, you're tired, you're probably hungry, probably very thirsty, and you're ready to give up. And you find a tree filled with white, honey-smelling, fragrant flowers. Take a deep breath. Can you smell the sweet honey fragrance surrounding that hot, sweaty, stinky, discouraged Elijah, Elijah as he drifts off to sleep? Can you feel that faint breeze that Elijah feels? And then suddenly, nap time is over. A messenger from God wakes Elijah up. He tells him to get up and eat something. Elijah wakes up to the smell of freshly baked bread. What could be better? 
I remember spending the night with my granny when I was a little girl and waking up to that smell of fresh baked biscuits. The aroma filled her uh, tiny little home and I woke up knowing that I was going to have something really good to eat for breakfast. I like to imagine that before waking Elijah up, God's messenger used the white broom tree roots to make a little fire. You see, oftentimes travelers use the roots of the broom tree for kindling and to make fires for themselves. Perhaps some of the leftover coals were still there and the messenger knew right where to blow the embers to get the fire started to bake the bread for Elijah. He blew on the ground, waving his hand, working a little to get that fire started to bake that flat bread. Once the bread is baked through, the messenger wakes Elijah up. Elijah, wake up. So he eats and he drinks the water God had provided for them. And then he goes right back to sleep. God has sent a messenger the second time to wake Elijah up and feed him. The messenger taps him or even shakes him a little. Elijah, get up. You've got to eat something because you've got a difficult road ahead of you. Now, I wonder if it was like um, waking up my girls on the first day of school or a Saturday morning. Y'all moms and dads know what that's like, waking up your kids on the first day of school after being in the summer all year or all summer long, and they've been sleeping in that first day of school coming up. I think Nora's got to be at school at 7.15. So if the smell of the food doesn't wake Nora up, I'm going to have to go up the stairs, shake her, and say, Nora, get up. Did you notice the first time that the messenger wakes up Elijah, he eats and drinks without even sitting up? Perhaps Elijah thought it was breakfast in bed. It was the second time that the messenger commanded him to get up and eat. So Elijah did just that. He got up and he ate the bread God had provided. He drank the water and then He went refreshed by that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Isn't it beautiful to see God at work in our scriptures? God provided Elijah exactly what he needed. A broom tree for shade, rest, bread, and water. A little bread to eat, a little water to drink, and then refreshment for his long, hard journey. God nourished Elijah. He filled Elijah's belly. He quenched his thirst with, and then provided him with much needed rest. Just as God provided Elijah what he needed in his time of despair, God has provided us what we need in Jesus, the bread of life. Jesus tells us in the gospel lesson this morning, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never 
be thirsty. The bread that Jesus is speaking about is not a temporal bread. It is the bread of everlasting life. He is the bread of life. The bread Jesus provides comes from that sacrificial offering of his body and blood. God met Elijah on that hot, sunny day and provided him with the sustenance that he needed. That very same God meets us here today. God has drawn us here to feed on him with our hearts, with thanksgiving. When our lives have gone from Stella to Sella, or in our times of despair, in our times of hope, And in our times of great need, we meet Jesus, the bread of life, the one who knows our great fears and our great joys, the one who loves us so much that he came to earth to eat with us and to drink with us, to provide us with the bread of life. This morning, we worship and we feast with God the one who did not leave Elijah and the one who will not leave you and is with us right now. And now we eat and we drink and we go refreshed because the road ahead is hard. Amen.